Hello, and thanks for finding us. Karam Deo is a local church in Denver, Colorado. We're a network of friends following Jesus together. Join us for preaching, teaching, announcements, and other musings. This is kind of my book of the year. I read it every year, but this is called The Father Heart of God. It's by a guy named Floyd McClung. But it just brings us back to the fundamentals, I think. And that's what I want for our community in a two years of confusion or apathy or whatever we view other people as with all the confusion. I think the foundation of answering it isn't picking the right option. It's actually coming down to the foundation of a father who loves us so deeply and getting that place. So I'm going to start by just praying that over us. Lord, may you, may you be here. I declare the year 2022 to be yours, that this family, Lord, we look to you to soften our hearts, pave the way, and that we pray your vine, the fruit grows upon our hearts, Lord Jesus. May you move within that this year and give us courage to keep soft hearts and even thick skin. May we have thick skin and soft hearts. In your name, amen. So what we wanted to do today, it's just a quick reminder of Karamdeo values. And then a quick reminder, if you look at this thing, one is some values that I'm just going to briefly talk through. And these are something that for the last five years, Karam's tried to hold as a family. And sometimes we do it well and sometimes not so well, but we long as a family to hold each other to some of these values I'll walk through. And this side is, we've referred to it as a rule of life. I call it the way of life. Sounds a little less ruly and I'm a little rebellious of a person. So I'm going to walk through this a little bit, but this is something both of these will do continued long workshops on that will expand it. This would just be a touch point encouraging us to actually live into the ways of Jesus. Because I think for us at Quran, more than anything is we don't want people to just believe in Jesus. We want people to try to follow him. And I do say try because when we try, we stumble and we don't do a good job. And I think the father's just like cheering us on. He's not scolding us. He's cheering us on. And I just love more than anything else in this family over the years that we've tried to look to Jesus and follow him together. So that's what you'll probably hear come out of my mouth a little bit. I'm going to go through some of these values. So if you flip this side, you'll see these and I'll describe them. And what I want you to do is actually let the Holy Spirit speak to you and jot down things in them of what he's speaking for you in them. Because I think values are so important to come back to, the fundamentals. Because if not, the culture we're living in will actually dictate our lives and we'll just stamp Jesus on the American culture. If you go left or right or whatever issue we're talking about, and then you'll stamp Jesus on it. And I go, I don't think it's that simple. It's not just picking one side or another with these issues. It's actually saying, Jesus, I want to try to follow you and then help me discern out of that. And it's too easy right now to do that. So I would just say, Romans 12, 1 and 2, 1, 12, 1 through 2 talks about that God wants to transform our minds so we're not conformed by the world, but that we're transformed by him. 
more than anything else in what I'm saying today in our community over the next two months is to get our hearts like in a place where our minds want to be transformed. Because sometimes we play stories in our mind that breathe on health. And the Lord wants to transform that into a place of resting on his greatness and his goodness rather than the confusion of whatever the thing may be. And I think more than any time now is to check ourselves over and over. It's not a knowledge thing like I did that last year. No, no, no. This is a continuing transforming of my mind. Because sometimes I get bitter at people and the Lord wants me to let go of that bitterness. And that takes saying, God, let my mind be transformed. And over and over again with our Quran family, that's what we want to get to. So I'm going to remind you of a few values here. The first one I'll start with is actually the second one. It's called Karam Deo. That's the name of our community. But Karam Deo means actually seen by the Father. And I think the heartbeat of anything you'll see us do is that God's with us. He's with us in all parts of our life. There's no sacred, secular peace in our lives. It's just as holy when I'm changing Bodhi's diaper, he's my son, my one-year-old, as it is, is what I'm doing right now or doing a Bible course that we do on Thursdays. God is with us. And I think more than anything, that's a key piece of our community that there's nowhere God's not. And God is part of all of our things. And it's almost a reverent place. I feel like he's just waiting to like invite us in. That Karam Deo is saying there's no sacred moment more than the present. So a value of Karam Deo is that we're seen by God in all things. There's freedom in all things. He's calling our jobs, parenting, friendships, snowboarding, dating, marriage, to actually say, God, this is part of you shaping my life. And it's part of discipleship. So I'd say that's one of the founding principles that we have in Karam Dale. The second one, and I'll skip because I want to come back to this, is uh, participation. I'd say part of our slogan would be seen by the Father and we're found in family. And the heartbeat of family, you guys, is everybody has a role. It's not just the talking heads up front. And that's why Dave, even in this, brought in participation. Pray for each other. Try to take risk. Because we believe at Karam Deo, it seems that the, the willingness you are to try to take risks with the Lord is the same trajectory as your growth in the Lord. If you're willing to take risks with the Lord, the Lord will meet you there and grow your faith. He's saying, step out in faith with me. Try something new. And I would say we're found in family, and family is messy. It is. It's messy. This family's messy. I could say it more than anything. I could say all of us in this room, people could say it to me that it's been messy this year. But we like to say, actually, the mess is the good life. The good life comes out of being messy and embracing the mess and not avoiding the mess. So we would invite you into a family that's messy here. And we would say, we want to risk together and work through the mess because that's where actually the Holy Spirit meets us and grows us. And that's where we start. You've heard me say, if you've been around, we start living into a place of actually God wanting us to grow us up into spiritual parents. He's asking each one of us to live into a place where we actually will actually take responsibility for certain other people in our community or neighborhoods or jobs and say, God, how do I love on them in a sacrificial way? 
of being spiritual parents. Bouncing up one, a core value would be hearing God's voice. We believe that God wants to actually relate to us, again, in all parts of life, but he wants to speak to us. And a lot of that is through the Bible. Like 90% of what God wants to say, it's right there in the Bible. Let's know this word. But actually, in the midst of all of life, God's saying, be aware of me. And get to a place where it's say, Lord, what are you doing right now? What are you doing in my profession? Start asking that question is what we want to value. Is start being awake that God is with us right now. Because sometimes I realize that little Harvey... If you guys don't know, that's Harvey. Um, sometimes what happens in our Christian faiths, and I do it more than anything, is we fully believe in our minds and then we walk out in our normal days and we become practical atheists who actually just live like God's not there. And I would say what we're trying to do as a family is say, hey, just stay awake. Try to stay awake that God's with you, even in your brokenness or your bitterness or your successes, or your lighthearted hopes. And he wants to speak to you. So we say, let's try to hear him. Is a core value that we want to live by at Karam and everything we do. There's one at the bottom called narrative story. One is narrative story. We believe the Bible right here. From beginning to end is one story of God's redemption story of humanity. There's all little books. I know all this, but it is God's flowing story. But a key piece of that too is we believe that the book of Acts continues and we're part of it. And if God was going to write another story to it, it would be like J&D cooks food with this community, teaching the heart of hospitality where nobody left the place in need or whatever it may be, it'd be like, and the heartbeat is, we're part of the story. The story's not done. And it's pushing us to remember that we're part of this story, all of us, not just the people up front. Every one of us are part of the story. And we're trying to remind ourselves that we are. And even the jobs or degrees we're in, it's not by accident. Couldn't it be something special that the Lord is in that? And I think that's a belief where this year we're saying, Lord, teach me to believe that deeper. And ask the Lord, how are we part of the story? And lastly, the top one would be the five pillars. So in 24-7, they have these five pillars. They're called the presence of the Lord, prayer, mission, justice, and joy. And we would say the heartbeat of everything we do at Karam is to embody those. I would say we do value those, but those are some of like the presence of the Lord comes in worship. And worship's not necessarily through music. But there is something special about that. And we want to grow to embody that idea of the presence of Jesus and just soaking in his presence. Second one is prayer. That we want to learn to actually embody and see prayer come alive and affect and spend our time and not think it's just a waste. Third is mission. We want our lives to be beyond ourselves. It's not for right here. This isn't what we're here for. It's to actually go out and let like, the kingdom like, pour out from us of hope. We've had a guy in our community who, who sat down with me and he goes, Matt, you know I don't believe in Jesus. And I go, oh, that's great. And I'm like, well, why do you come to some of our stuff? And he goes, well, I really love being around you guys. 
I love who you are. And I actually want to be more like you guys. I'm like, great, keep coming. Why? Because he's my deep friend. And that actually friendship, the speed of friendship is how mission flows. It's not a project to win. It's not a badge to put on my chest. It's because this one person I'm talking about is a deep friend of mine who I deeply, deeply love. And I'm saying, great, if you want to enjoy the mess with us, come on. And I would say that's a pure-hearted way of mission. And a heart of justice. Our heart is actually the justice that all people are known as image bearers of the king. And we find ways, creative ways, to uplift and promote the things God creates. And that could be six-month sermon series. And all of this is wrapped in joy. All this isn't to actually win it. It's all to promote that we are actually to live a life full of joy. And these are the values that if you're in a home church or if we do a learning community or a Bible course or gatherings here, we're trying to uphold these values in the best way we can. And we'll trip and fall and it'll be messy. And you'll say, I don't know if we're doing that well. And I'm like, yep, probably not. Let's lock arms and learn to do it better. But all these values is how we want to live in and outside of a gathering with our neighbors as we walk down the street, inside our homes when we're disciplining our kids or when we're doing gatherings on Sundays. Those are a few of the values. So I'd say two on those. Let's actually pound those out in the Cromdale 101. We'll actually flush those out more. This we're going to do a big seminar on, so I'll introduce this to you. This is called the rule of life. And most of you guys said, I think we did this last year, or maybe last gathering, or maybe whatever. And I would say, yep, and we'll keep coming back to this. I call it a way of life because we're trying to create rhythms in our life to follow Jesus. And if we use the word rule, it's not like rules following rules. It's actually more of like an idea of like a fence or a lattice that holds a vineyard, a vine, right? So we're actually creating rhythms in our life like a fence post that would hold a vine to grow healthy. They say a grapevine without actually a lattice to grow on, it grows in a clump and produces no fruit. So if we don't create rhythms in our life around the ways of Jesus, we'll grow in a clump and won't produce fruit. So we're saying what rhythms in our life bring us to contentment and joy with the Father? And that's what a rule does. The problem as we go into this, and many of us has heard, we, we set rhythms, I want to pray this much or I want to do these things. But if you go to a vineyard, have you guys been to a vineyard? No vineyard or wineries, like, come check out our fence posts. They're like, whew, they're so beautiful. If somebody's pointing out the fence posts, you know their vine is terrible. It's not growing. So if, if we use this as goals to conquer and not things to hold up the goal of abiding with Jesus, we miss the whole point. So for you achievers, ones or threes on the Enneagrams or what other other number who just want to conquer a thing, I would say actually dance the gray here of yes, we want to hold values, but it's not something just to conquer. 
here's the question at the center of this, and I'll ask you this in your heart. When we s Let me actually point out what this is first. How about that? First, I'd say this isn't the only way to do a rule of life or a way of life, but it's categorizing out life. This top part is like your life between you and God. What's that like? This one is your life between you and you. This one down here is your life between you and other people. And this one's between you and your work. So we're trying to say your spirituality is all of life. It's not just your quiet times. It's every part of life. And in all parts of your life, I would say, this is the question we're trying to bring ourselves to, is what brings you so much joy? So think of all those. If it's just you with the Lord, or you with friends, or you with you, or you in work, just think for a second, where's a moment where you're like, when that happens, I'm filled with joy. Or like, I feel the most me. Like, what do you do when you're like, well, I feel like the most Matt Holst right now after doing this. Really, another way to put it is, how, what is the thing where we actually are dwelling most with the Father? Because he made you, you, you. He gave you your story. He made you an image bearer of the King. So what things would you do in your life, structure in your life to be healthy, to stop achieving, to stop have your whole goal to be whatever paradigm or metric you put in your life. What are the things just to sit and be healthy? Is what I'm trying to ask you to do. It's the vine. <laughs> this is John 15 where he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Dwell with me and you will produce great fruit. This is why the fruits of the Spirit aren't something to pursue after. They're actually something to grow out of the good soil and the lattices you put up in your life. God will produce that fruit. You're not trying to achieve peace. You're not trying to produce all these things. You're actually trying to abide with the Father in all parts of my life so that fruit bears out of the vine. <laughs> Do you guys get me? This whole teaching on rule of life should be like a two-hour teaching. But a lot of us have heard it already, okay? If you haven't, sign up in the next six weeks. There will be a seminar on this. But the reason for you guys who have heard it again is I want you to ask the Lord going into this new year, how do I abide in all parts of my life? How do I abide? So I want you to take, for just the sake, in each one of these categories, just ask him one thing. What would be something maybe you'd do every day? What would be one thing you'd do every week? And what's one thing you'd do every month in each category to feel healthy? To feel like you're abiding with the king? I'll give you some examples real quick. Guys, this is a hard question. I literally did this question to my family at home over my, my parents said, hey, mom, what do you do? Tell me one thing in all of, I didn't even do this whole thing. Tell me one thing where you feel the most you and you feel full of joy. And she looked at me with a blank stare. She's like, whoa, that's a big question. How many of us don't know how we get joy and we feel alive? God wants us to be alive because when Matt Holst is alive, I'm a better parent. I'm more focused at work. My wife likes me better. 
Like when I do these things, I'm actually more, I'm a better king. I'm a better child in the kingdom. When I don't do these things, when my kids act up, I lash out at them. And then I have to ask for forgiveness, which is fine. My wife's like, yeah, we're, we're covenanted together. That's about it. You know, like it's just not healthy, right? Where are the things God designed you to be healthy in? For me, here's some stuff that brings me joy. Between me and God, and that you don't have to do these, but for me to get up early in the morning before anybody else is up in my house and to have a coffee and where I pause and I just be still for a second, no music, and I stop. And then I pray out a psalm and I read it in a prayer form. And then I take the passages we're reading in the Bible and I just read a little passage and I say, God, are you saying anything for me? And I say, God, help me live that out today. And when I do that, I actually respond better through the day. I'm more focused. And that's something I need to do every day. Now between me and the Lord, I would say a weekly one would be one I'm learning to Sabbath. Saying, there's a day where I stop and have rest. Every week. I'll give you another one on a personal end. For me, if I actually work out and go work out three times a week, so this would be kind of in the daily category, but it's three times a week, I'm actually going to work harder. So now Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I drop my daughter off at school, and then I go straight to my gym, and I work out for 30, 45 minutes, and I come to work around 9 o'clock. I don't know if Dave knows this. He works with me. (laughs) But I actually now work harder and more focused. I have more creativity in my mind to actually produce events to impact kids. And now I'm better. That's something I think, God, you want me to prioritize this in my life. Not to hit it as a goal, New Year's resolution, like I'm overweight and I got to... No, it's actually so I come alive and I'm better. I'm actually living as a son more than I did before. It's not something to achieve. I'm living more as a son. Relationally on the bottom, one thing I know I need every week is I need good friends who come together and we have meaningful conversation that... Dave knows this. It's not just meaningful, but it also is jokes around with each other. I'm this weird hybrid where I need actually somebody to make fun of me a little bit. If my good friends rip on me and then have meaningful conversation, I'll actually feel more alive and more productive and more connected to them. So Dave and I, we have a lot of stuff we do in our life together. So guys, this isn't funny. Dave and I have had intense combos and I'm like, Dave, you need to like make fun of me when I come to work. And then we'll have a serious conversation after that. And then guess what? We do more productive. Is this true? Yeah, I scared you today. Yeah, yeah, to do this. But I'm learning because that brings me joy and that I'm friendship and we're not just trying to produce something as pastors or business people. We say we like each other and we're friends. And out of our deep friendship, we're going to actually produce kingdom influence into the world. But it comes from connection and friendship. And I know I need that or I won't be as good of a kingdom image bear. And I think in my work, I need flexibility. 
There's flexibility. Dave gives me a lot of flexibility and work to actually be spontaneous. I need to plan in spontaneity in my every week, space for spontaneity, and actually perform healthier. But the other thing I need to do, I know weekly, I need to plan out my next week or I won't be as healthy. So some of these, you hear me and you're like, wait, all those don't sound spiritual. And this is where I'd say, Karam Dale, seen by the Father, God's in all parts of my life. So when I'm planning, I'm saying, Lord, be in my planning. When I'm goofing around with Dave, I'm saying, God, be in my friendships when I'm goofing around. When I'm studying the Bible, I'm saying, actually be there. Don't let me just do it for knowledge's sake. Let me abide. And then from this, my goal is actually the vine grows and fruit produces in all parts of my life. So I'm walking other parts of my day. And now I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? And this is where maybe I can have some, whatever you call them, divine moments or circumstances that pop up. And you're like, oh, you're doing something here, Lord. This is where we're saying that we're not just wanting us to believe the right uh, theology, which we do. We don't want to believe bad theology, but we're actually asking for more of you guys than that. We're actually asking for us as a family to try, and I say try, to do it with all of our lives. And if you've been here long enough, again, you'll fail. You'll feel shameful, and this family will gather around you and pull you up and say, don't feel shameful any longer. You're loved. Get back up. The Father's waiting for you, and he's cheering you on. He's not trying to shame you. He just loves you. And this brings you back to that place. So the things we can control, God's the author and perfecter of our faith. He is. Jesus is. I don't need to cringe hard enough if I like get in the cringe position to get more spiritual. No, actually, God builds that faith. But what I can do is say, Lord, help me form a lattice in my life that I schedule in for me to be the most healthy kingdom image bearer that I'm meant to be this year. So that ministry happens when I'm a police officer or doing tutoring or whatever all of us do. So I just ask you, even if that's brand new to you, if that's brand new, you've never heard of this rule of life thing, I would just say, finish with this question. Lord, what are a few things I can do in my life daily? Maybe one daily thing in each category, one weekly thing and one monthly thing in each category for me to be most healthy myself and abiding in the King. If you've done this before, I'd actually spend a lot of time reflecting in this next month. We encourage you, the month of January, to really build out this thing and know yourself and invite the Lord to help you get to know yourself. And invite a friend out to coffee and debrief this and try to get a grasp of this idea of setting structures for you to flourish. And again, I promise you, we will hit this idea of the way of life or rule of life over and over again because we want to follow Jesus together. So that's the invitation for this gathered season. We'll be meeting here, you guys. We started a little late today. Our hope is to start at four. 
So if you guys try to come at like 3.45, that would be awesome on future Sundays. And then we're trying to actually end by 5.30. So we just started at 4.30 and not at 4 today. So it kind of pushed us a little back. But that's the invite to today. Bring some friends. Thank you guys for coming. If you want to hang around and ask more questions, Dave or I would love to talk this over with you guys. So, But I'm going to pray for us. Uh, Lord Jesus, you are the author and perfecter of our faith. You're the author and perfecter of the story that runs in our mind. I pray that this year, 2022, that you define our lives. You define the stories. God, erase the stories that are buzzing through our minds, the endless chatter that is causing destruction. And may you actually bring truth in my mind, Lord Jesus, of what's your heart for me and for my friends and for my city, Lord Jesus. May we not just be keepers of the peace. That's not what we're called to, Lord. May we be peacemakers who go into an environment and make peace. There's something special that you've given us, Lord, a Holy Spirit in our hearts that we get to go in incognito and bring peace, an ultimate shalom that is holistically healthy and good and empowering. So may you actually bring us to be peacemakers in this new year, in whatever passions that you've laid on our hearts. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to connect further, please visit us at www.cdchurch.org.